When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, yeah. this is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives, too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Rolling into hour number two of the program. We are live. We'll do it live on this Memorial Day holiday. Thank you for sharing part of it with us. Hop aboard. I give out the phone number not only because I am an annoying radio guy. Well-versed in formatics. Play the hits, my man. 1-844-204-RICH. 1-844-204-7424. We were jam-packed with content in the first hour of the program. Not going to buy some stamps and mail it in here. After all, as the fill-in host... You are only as good as your last sentence. So I'm highly motivated to cram about four and a half hours worth of content into our three-hour bag here. But I do realize my style can be a bit, listen to me, I want to tell you what happened last night in Miami. So the goal is to be interactive. I'm also a realist. I have an energetic delivery, but I'm older, I think, than... How I sound, that's the goal at least. Casey Kasem sounded great just until the final time he was able to voice the immortal Scooby-Doo as Shaggy. I have filled in on holidays before and I realize, A, most of you who are not listening, I don't know how you'd know this, but you're going to pick it up on a podcast, are focusing on other things, especially kicking off the unofficial start to summer. Secondly, the regular callers, and Rich gets some great ones at one 204 rich are going to wait until Rich comes back. And that's tomorrow. Rich and the crew. Brockman, my guy, Del Tufo, used to spin the beats when I worked with Mike and Rich at NFL Network. That's coming up nine years ago. I was handed a box and told to go to the parking lot after a wonderful year co-hosting the morning show. And I'm still getting mileage out of it. And I know TJ will have a ton of NBA thoughts as well. So the guy's back tomorrow. You only have to put up with me for two more hours. First hour was about 95% NBA. We did a smidge of reflection on the decision made by San Francisco Giants manager Gabe Kapler. I always have to say that slowly because I'm thinking Gabe Kaplan, Mr. Cotter. But it is a serious matter. As of Friday, he might suspend it today. But the San Francisco Giants manager not going to be on the field to observe the national anthem, a reaction to the latest senseless tragedy last week in Texas. So the goal not only is to be interactive, you can hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, but you want to have a degree of balance to the program. If I did three hours of NBA, I'd be working in the middle of the night on satellite radio or streaming someplace. So coming up after, of course, to contradict myself once more, I'm going to go five minutes NBA here, 
bifurcated monologue. Then we'll make the turn to the NFL because the greatness of OTAs, organized team activities, things that we ignored for decades until the NFL became the colossal behemoth that it is that has swallowed up everything in its path. OTAs are always a good catalyst for conversation because coaches sit down and interact with the media. And we'll get into two quarterbacks with muddled futures. I think it's clear the Niners have already moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo, not officially because he's hurt. I would be stunned if Trey Lance is not the starting QB week one. And what's going to happen between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? That's coming up in 15 minutes. Much more NBA conversation. Our lone guest this hour will be Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. And then we'll wrap up this hour emulating what has made Rich such a unique, transcendent personality in our business because nobody blends sports and entertainment better than Mr. Eisen. I did... Play hooky a little bit from my French Open responsibilities. Yes, I should have been home slaving over my laptop looking for great nuggets to pass along as the doubles draw was coming together. I went out and saw Maverick, the Top Gun sequel. I wasn't alone. Bafo box office, as we say here in Hollywood. I'll give you some thoughts without any spoilers, and it is a sports show after all. I'll connect it to... What's going on in Major League Baseball? This is a well-crafted thought coming up before the hour winds down. So if you weren't with us in the first hour, I understand the audience is always changing, especially on the holiday. I don't have a huge issue with the way that Jimmy Butler tried to win Game 7 last night for the Heat because without Butler, there's no Game 7. He was superhuman with the 47 points that he had to put up in Game 6 to keep the series going on the road in Boston. Remember, he's less than 100% with the knee injury. Plus, who else did you have any faith in on that roster? And I know Max Struess knocked down a tough three late, part of that unlikely 11-0 run that he'd assembled to make the game much more dramatic down the stretch. Overall, if you didn't watch, that's okay. That's why I am here. Uncle Brian has no life, so you can live yours. And I retweeted... An observation from a sports blog saying the lack of crowd intensity, the level of sloppy play on the floor in the first half, especially from the heat, as they had all these open looks at threes they couldn't hit. They had a major disparity of working their way to the free throw line, could not knock them down. Plus, I'm not taking shots at anybody who has the ability to call a game seven on national television So I'll put it this way. Mike Breen was very missed, and Jeff Van Gundy sounded like he was very sick. And let's hope Van Gundy is feeling better and able to travel to the San Francisco Bay Area for Game 1 on Thursday because you might have seen Breen, who never misses a game, unfortunately tested positive for COVID and could not work last night. And then everything changed in the fourth quarter. Miami. Down 15 after one. Down six at the half. They get it to within three to start the final quarter. Boston finds the rhythm again. And there's a reason why their big three is legit. Because Marcus Smart is not only the reigning defensive player of the year, he's a two-way player who probably shoots too much, but he finished with 24. Jalen Brown at 24. Tatum, 26 to lead the Seas. Felt like Boston had the game in hand. And then everything changed. 11-0 run. 
It's tight late. Miami down two, 30 seconds to go. Butler with the rebound. He takes it the other way. Uncontested. Nobody in his face goes for potentially the win at a minimum the lead and didn't come close to knocking down the three. I'm not going to destroy him for it because I think I understand the rationale. He's thinking in the moment, we got to win this here because somehow we're in the game with an opportunity to take the lead. We cannot afford to send it to overtime where Boston's depth would have been even more instrumental. And then if you're going to come up with the after the fact analysis and point out that he's not a great three-point shooter, if anybody had earned the right to take that shot for Miami, it was Jimmy Butler. So no need to crush him. Might be happening on other shows. I do my best to be open-minded with the analysis. And now it's Boston and Golden State. And had Jimmy Butler's shot gone down and been the margin of victory, if you had listened closely, the sound you would have heard coming from the NBA headquarters in New York City would have sounded something like this. No! Because Boston versus the Warriors. Forget about Golden State. Celtics versus the Warriors. That'll move the needle. Casual fans will say, hey, is Bob Cousy? Because he's back in the news. Bob Cousy's still playing for those Boston Celtics. Boston is a brand name. Basketball royalty. And Steph Curry has forever changed the landscape of every level of basketball out there. So many people think if he can do it, I can do it. Well, there's a reason he's in the NBA and you're listening to me on Memorial Day. But the Warriors move the needle. And I try not to get too bogged down by TV ratings. You shouldn't care unless you work for a network or Don Draper smoking on a menthol cigarette working for an ad agency on Madison Avenue in New York. But remember all the talk about the NBA had overplayed its progressive hand and viewers had voted with the remote controls as NBA ratings were down. You've been paying attention? Ratings are back up in a major way, and to me, has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with star power, namely Steph Curry, a warrior team that has a feel when they go on the road like rock stars. However you view Draymond Green, he elicits emotion like a good heel in professional wrestling and the return of a healthier, not 100%, but healthier, Clay Thompson has changed everything along with the emergence of Andrew Wiggins, finally looking like the player who was selected number one overall coming out of Kansas. And Jordan Poole, terrific early in his career. Warriors back in the final for a sixth time in eight years. As for the Celtics, another reason why I think this is going to do a good rating. And again, I just contradicted my thought that ratings aren't important, but it's a metric to gauge casual fan interest. There's pent-up demand in the Northeast Boston hasn't been back to the finals since 2010 when they lost to Ron Artest, not Kobe. Ron Artest was the hero in that Game 7. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show on Memorial Day. Your voice can be heard at 1-844-204-RICH, 1-844-204-7424. Open for business on Twitter. It's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs in 10 minutes. More NBA analysis when we say hello to our only guest in this hour of the program, Kurt Heelan, 
lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Let's talk a smidge of NFL. You can make the argument that I should just talk NFL for three hours every day, irrespective of what's going on. Now, it would have been a strange editorial decision had I opened the program 70 minutes ago and said, well, I watched Game 7, those thoughts coming up at the final hour, but what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? Still, now that we're on the brink of June, that means that the tradition, unlike any other OTAs, organized team activities, continue. These are air quotes voluntary, but if you're a real star, you don't have to show up. Then we get to the scarier words. I feel like George Carlin here breaking down the etymology on a big word Monday. Mandatory mini camps. Oh, you'll get fine if you don't show up. But what they really are is another way to drive NFL conversation. That's why the NFL has done a unbelievable job of turning a sport that used to be comprised of merely 16 games into a year-round gargantuan business. So with OTAs continuing, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in San Francisco, although we're not going to get clarity there because Jimmy Garoppolo needed the surgery, and he's not going to throw until July. But we know the ending, I think. Haven't we seen this movie before? Isn't this just Alex Smith giving way to Patrick Mahomes with a slightly different timetable? I realize that there are some differences. Namely, the 49ers got to the NFC title game last year, but they drafted Trey Lance for a reason. And clearly, there was a view within that complex in Santa Clara, California, that this team has maxed out with Jimmy Garoppolo. That if Garoppolo had thrown one more precise pass against Kansas City in the Super Bowl, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers winning yet another Lombardi Trophy. If you're a Jimmy G guy behind all of the prowess that he has offered as a starting quarterback solely based on wins and losses, and I love the mantra out there that wins and losses should not be a QB stat in any way, but if you're on Team Garoppolo, you're not just transfixed by his rugged good looks. You're going to point out that He's got a gaudy record as a starter, but I don't think that matters. It's clear Kyle Shanahan, who's really calling the shots, remember he was deeply involved in the Niners' decision to move forward with John Lynch. There were some murmurs that John Lynch might be thinking about coming back to TV, but he and Shanahan appear to be a package deal. Shanahan, I think, has more equity within the organization and more job security based on the perception that he – and Sean McVay are the two brightest offensive minds in the league. But whomever's calling the shots, it's clear Trey Lance is going to be the guy. And now it just comes down to when Garoppolo gets healthy off the shoulder procedure and where does he go. I think this thing may play out longer than you might be aware of. You might be thinking, all right, he gets healthy in July, a couple good practices, he's on the move. I'll give you another precedent. Sam Bradford. Go back to 2016. Remember, the Eagles took Carson Wentz number two overall, had a good camp, showed enough in the preseason in limited action that the Eagles decided, let's go with the young guy. Bradford has always been just a guy. 
except for what he made in career earnings back with the old collective bargaining agreement when if you were a top three pick, you hit the lottery. And Teddy Bridgewater went down with that knee injury in a practice in Minnesota. Minnesota's desperate for a starting quarterback, and the Eagles got real value back to jettison Bradford to go to the Vikings, and they were planning on going with Wentz presumably either way. So if we're looking for precedent for the Garoppolo situation, I think the Niners are going to hang on to him to extract maximum value. It happens every year. Training camp or early in the preseason, a quarterback goes down. Garoppolo then could be a likely possibility. And that's the Baker Mayfield idea as well. I have more thoughts on Baker, so I'm going to call an audible, and we'll get to Baker in the final hour of the program because there's a lot more to digest there. For Garoppolo, it's just a matter of timing. I think the Niners would be even willing to let him go within the division because Seattle's a mess in the quarterback room. Geno Smith actually has a chance to win that job. I think that's all window dressing. I think the Seahawks really want to go with Drew Locke, but if Locke's your guy— because people talk about Baker Mayfield to Seattle. You're going to let Locke be in the same quarterback room with Baker Mayfield? Heck no. I'll give you my thoughts on where Baker Mayfield could go if he's going anywhere based on all the ambiguity surrounding Deshaun Watson. We'll get there in the final hour of the program. I'm Brian Weber having a great time in for Rich Eisen. Your phone calls could be on the way later in this hour of the show. one 204 rich Twitter's your best bet, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Coming up, back to the NBA Finals. We know about the depth of both Boston and Golden State, so which team can rely on their bench more? We'll cover it all when we check in with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Ryan Weber in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen on this Memorial Day. It is the Rich Eisen Show. 1-844-204-RICH. 1-844-204-7424. You can tweet at me during or after the program. Well documented. I don't have much of a life. I got loads of time on a holiday to engage with you on social media. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Well, coming up with a late drama Late in the game for Miami was almost enough to send them to the NBA Finals, but Jimmy Butler missed that three. Let's get into all the particulars and get you set for the championship round in basketball with a good friend, Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you doing today? I am doing well. So, like you, well, you actually have to write a story after the game. I craft notes. I'm trying to crystallize my thoughts and... I'd say about 90% of that game, I'm thinking, okay, how does the Boston-Golden State matchup look like? Can Marcus Smart slow down Steph Curry? And then suddenly Miami puts together this 11-0 run, and Jimmy Butler's got the ball, and he's taking a three. So let's just hit pause right there because we know it didn't go down. As this play was coming together with about 30 seconds to go, did you think in real time last night that Butler had made the right decision? Yeah, I, look, I'm definitely from the go for the win, not, hey, let's extend the game, a school of thought. Like, I, I know that Jimmy Butler's not a great three-point shooter, and I think it was 29% in the series. But he'd hit a pull-up three in transition earlier in the game. And, Brian, at the end of the day, this is just the core of who Jimmy Butler is, right? Like, Jimmy Butler doesn't – he's all out all the time. He plays to win, and he's out there for – at that point, when he took that shot, what, 47 minutes and 40 seconds or whatever it was, like, he's not going to go halfway and think, hey, you know, the safe play is to try to drive at, at no, here's my chance to win this thing. And I had no problem with it, you know, to, not, not to get cliche, but it's a make or miss league, man. Sure. And so he misses. And he makes it then, I'm asking you, where does it Rank on the yeah, list exactly. of the all-time most clutch shots in the history of a conference final. We have a very different conversation. I want to talk more about the future of the Heat in a moment, but let's connect it to Boston since they're moving on to the NBA Finals starting on Thursday. So we know they had the lack of energy at home in Game 6, and Butler went off for the 47 points. Last night, they give up that 11-0 run and almost lost the game, so... Should we have concerns? I know it's a small sample size. You can broaden it. You follow this year-round. Any concerns about Boston's ability to close things out? Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, look, before this game, if you had said, if, if Boston had just wiped the floor like we expected with, with Miami in game six, I might have picked 
Boston to win this thing. They are a night. They're a very difficult matchup. The nightmare might overstate it, but a very difficult matchup for Golden State in terms of the depth they have, um, the the ability to defend multiple positions, uh, the, the their their length. Like this is a team that in March handled the Warriors. Like they're very capable of this. But what we saw in the last series was, hey, game three, man, the Warriors need a win. They can dial up that championship medal and get to there. And Boston did win last night. Don't get me wrong. They, they were the better team, but they couldn't put this thing away. And if you can't do that against, with all due respect to Miami, if you can't do that against Miami, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson aren't going to give you the chance, right? <laughs> like you are just going to have to play at a higher level. I think Boston can win the series, but they've got to execute at a much higher level, much more consistently. You need, it has to be peak Celtics every game, not, hey, we can get up an 11-0 run. Because you got, you and I know, and everybody listening knows, that's not an 11-0 run against the Warriors. No. That's 17. That's 20. Like, like they, when they get rolling, it's tough to stop them. Hey, that's an 11-0 run involving a three by Max Struess. There's a reason why he was undrafted. And look, he's been exceeding what the expectations were, but it also points out some of the flaws in Miami's roster. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. Memorial Day edition of the Rich Eisen Show, getting you set for the NBA Finals with one of the best in our industry, Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. So I just took a cheap shot at Max Struess. I guess I should keep <laughs> going and point out that I saw Gabe Vincent play at the Thunderdome on campus at UC Santa Barbara because I'm a West Coast basketball guy like you. Nice players. But for all the credit that Pat Riley's been getting as this master architect, and we're talking about heat culture, Kurt, some of this reminded me of Jerry Reinsdorf saying that organizations win titles, players don't. Don't the Heat need to tinker with this roster and get Jimmy Butler more help? I don't know if it has to be another star, but somebody else who can knock down a shot. First off, as a guy who's now a father of a UC Santa Barbara student. Oh. We do we do not insult Gabe Vincent. No, 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 no. no. We, and we know Brian <laughs> Shaw went there, and I would say, now I have to play the Stanford card. You know, Kurt, I've squandered a Stanford education to work on Memorial Day. So Palo Alto, <laughs> to me, is always the most picturesque campus. But if I, could, if I could have gone to any school, it would have been UC Santa Barbara. Your daughter did very well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to think that it was her grades and thoughtful, <laughs> like, picking it. it was, she, she toured the campus and went, yeah, this. So, um, uh, I, I'm with you, though. I think what they – look, their ability to find the Gabe Vincents and Max Struces and, and frankly, Bam Adebayos um, and, and develop them and build this talent. You know, going back to Udonis Haslam, who was undrafted and is now kind of part of their culture – at some point, though, and you need to just, like you said, at some point you've got to bring in some guys who can just really do that. Duncan Robinson proved his defensive liabilities made him almost unplayable in the playoffs. Tyler Hero was banged up, uh, but he brings some defensive issues. You're going to need another – you could use – you don't have – like you said, I don't think you need another star, but you need a – Free and D wing who can create a little for himself. A, I mean, poor man's Clay Thompson because mm-hmm. Clay Thompson's kind of insane. But somebody along those lines. The problem is, twenty nine other teams looking for that guy. Like those guys are hard to come by right now. And in fairness, if Tyler Hero had been healthy and he came out with the cameo and couldn't go with the groin injury, yeah, maybe things might have been different towards the business end of 
the Eastern Finals. Let's talk a little bit more about Boston. I think one of the challenges, and you're in it because you are a content creator every day, is not only do we put things in context, now we're looking for referendums. So for Chris Paul last year, if he had won that elusive title, where does he rank all time? Is he top five, top seven? So I'll, I'll just follow where the industry has gone. What would winning a title mean for Jason Tatum? Is is taking the next step and reaching the NBA Finals enough to solidify his status on that top shelf of current NBA stars? He moves up because of his playoff performance and them reaching the Finals. And by the way, had clutch shots last night at 26. Yep. Um, and, and, and played well. But if he can do that in the NBA Finals and Boston can win one, then... I mean, ultimately, you need a, you do need the rings to kind of, I think, reach that. If you want to be in the Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo tier, you, you can't just show up. Like, right, you, you've got to not only win, but be the best player on your team in those moments. So then that's what, that's what sits before. That's the challenge before Tatum. And he's – look, again, this is the, this is the Warriors – you can't have a 10-point game. Was it game three? You can't mm-hmm. have a 10-point game three, right? Can't have the disappearing game. His, they're going to try to take the ball out of his hands. He's got to be better with the playmaking, and the secondary playmaking off of that's got to be better for Boston. That said, at the end of the day, and he's got he's to have a little of his idol Kobe Bryant in him, right? He's just got to go get some buckets. And he had that Mamba mentality. He talked about wearing the wristband last night in Miami. Getting you set for the NBA Finals. They get underway in San Francisco on Thursday. Warriors and Celtics covering it all with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. So as for the Warriors, it was easy to mock the notion that their owner, Joe Lacob, threw out a few years ago. Remember, this franchise is light years ahead of everybody. But if you think about the trajectory of being outside of the playoff field the last two years, waiting for Klay Thompson to round back into form, Kurt, how much credit do you have to give their GM, Bob Myers, for making the Wiggins trade, drafting, and Kurt, uh, you think about the coaching staff led by Steve Kerr, cultivating the talent of Jordan yeah. Poole, who briefly went down to the G League, and, as you know, the Warriors have a ton of draft capital if they want to be active in the offseason. They have really positioned themselves as a balanced team, and there was a push for a while, even at the trade deadline, Hey, if we can trade Wiggins in one of those picks to get another, you know, elite player, we got to make that move. That that didn't happen in part because that player really wasn't out there, and they weren't going to just, you know, lowball it to get. They weren't going to make a move to get anybody. But you have to look at what they've done. Looney's kind of a bridge, but I mean, their ability to develop Looney and maybe James Wiseman beyond that. But you, you watch Jonathan Kuminga, who they have intentionally played in game, not in, not when it really matters much. But they've played him these playoffs to show him what the you know what's going to be expected of him, what the next level is to help him grow. They have been so good about developing talent and finding these guys, and obviously they did that with with Curry and with Thompson and with Green. But this is bridging them to the next level, and that's really a hard thing because eventually this era ends. It's not that far off for this era coming to an end in 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 you know a few years down the line in in Golden State. But they don't necessarily have to bottom out. Kuminga could be special. They've got, like you said, they've got draft picks. They've got moves to make. That flexibility and keeping the keeping athleticism and youth on the roster, so you don't end up like the Lakers, is key. 
Talking NBA with Kurt Heelwin of NBCSports.com. Kurt, as we wind things down, you foreshadowed the answer, but I will put it on a tee for you. So you said, barring what happened at the end of that game, the collapse by the Celtics that allowed the Heat to make it way too interesting, you might have been inclined to pick Boston. Well, we know what happened last night. So in light of that, what are your overall feelings about how the finals could play out? I'm going to pick the Warriors in seven. I think this is a like I, said, I think this is a tough matchup for them. But I, what I saw of Boston in the last series tells me they're still mentally they've got they just haven't taken that last step. And maybe they do. I, I think in a lot of ways they are again. If you go back and watch the game in March, they are a bad matchup for the Warriors in a lot of ways because of the length and the quality. You can put Marcus Smart on the ball and not have to help that much. And you, there's not. If Robert Williams III can be out there and play, there's just not a weak link in there. They're like, hey, we'll switch on to the weak link. There isn't a weak link. Like, everybody out there can defend. It's a problem. I still think the Warriors solve it. I think their laps, they will have lapses, and the Warriors will find a way to exploit it. I think the Warriors are able to find that gear. But it's going to take them six, seven games. It's, I'll say Warriors in seven. Okay, let's hope so. We're looking for drama. Finally, because that ESPN pregame show last night became a Laker forum somehow. I didn't know the Lakers were playing last night. I feel that I can follow up on what I saw on television. You've been based in Southern California a long time. Know the Laker organization well. What do you make of the hire of Darvin Ham on Herald to Blair? Connections with the Lakers as a former assistant coach. Highly respected based on everything he did as an assistant in Milwaukee, do you think he can make a tangible difference given the way the roster has been built? Well, now you, you nailed the second part of that. Like, I think Darvin Ham is ready to be an NBA, and has been, frankly, for a few years, um, ready to be an NBA coach. Um, and he brings what you need in that situation, which is somebody who will come in with the presence, the gravitas to go, you know what? I'm coaching LeBron James. I am coaching Anthony Davis. I will call them out in film sessions. We're not coddling everybody here. He has the ability to do that. You talk to Bucks players about him, and they gravitated towards him. They loved him. They fear him just a little bit. <laughs> like It's a good mix. He is, a, he is going to be a great presence in that locker room. But, Brian, I don't care if you resurrect John Wooden or Red Arbuck. <laughs> Nobody's coaching that team <laughs> to anything without some – major roster renovations um they need they need to be better um and we'll see what they do this offseason whether russell westbrook stays there's all sorts of buzz about him going uh, or staying yeah we'll see about that um ultimately they've got to bring in more talent around lebron james and anthony davis because phoenix isn't going anywhere memphis is only getting better denver will be better next year golden state will still be there the clippers will get healthy like I said, Denver gets healthy. Like the West, Minnesota is getting better. I mean, on down the line, Dallas. Like, it's not going to be easy. You're not just going to be able to roll this back out and make it work. Kurt, great information as always. Thank you for being so generous with your time on a holiday. As we say goodbye, congratulations again for being a UC Santa Barbara dad. Yep. I feel like I always have to demonstrate my credentials with you. I attended <laughs> a game at the Thunderdome in 1988 with the immortal. Jerry Pym oh, patrolling wow. the sidelines, and I remember he was most famous for, did he live on a houseboat? I believe he did. Yes, yeah, he did. He lived a life perfect. up there in Goleta. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I, you know what? I'm like many a father out there. I'm, I'm very happy that my daughter chose a school in a city I want to visit. So. <laughs> and hopefully she wants to see you. Bring your credit card. 
Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, really appreciate the time. Looking forward to chatting with you later in the summer. Take care, man. Kurt Halen, always reliable when you are a fill-in host, especially on a holiday, and you're asking people, hey, I know you could be barbecuing. I know there are a million things you could be doing. Have me pepper you with questions and then go to the Jerry Pym reference. Yes, Jerry Pym. The mind is still there. You'd think after all the Pinot Noir would be shot by now. Just through the courtesy of the old Google machine, the immortal Jerry Pym guided UC Santa Barbara from 83 to 98, the John Wooden of Santa Barbara. Got more Laker thoughts, but I'm going to hold that for the final hour. We might have to go an extra 30 minutes. Let's warn the affiliates. We'll be going long in the final hour, but let me be respectful of the clock and straight ahead since nobody blends sports and entertainment better than Rich Eisen. I feel emboldened to spend a couple moments on the Top Gun sequel Maverick. I saw it so you don't have to. I'll give you a quick overview without the spoilers. There is an homage to the legendary volleyball scene. Plus, it's a sports show after all. I'll connect it to what's happening on the diamond. Which baseball team has ripped off their current strategy from a classic sports movie? At the movies with Brian Weber. No, this is Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen on a Memorial Day edition of the program. We roll on on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I'm Brian Weber having a great time in for Rich Eisen. It is the Rich Eisen Show live on this Memorial Day. Thanks for sharing part of your holiday with us. I am open to the possibility of taking phone calls at 1-844-204-RICH, 1-844-204-7424. But as a veteran of not only hosting shows with my name on the marquee and then having them canceled, but also filling in for... 
some bigger names with much better careers than yours truly on holidays. My style, especially for the fill-in role, isn't always conducive to phone calls. People hear me and go, man, that guy's in love with the sound of his own voice. And my counter is, as my blessed mother once said, honey, if you don't love yourself, who's going to? I know I don't generate phone calls. I also don't give you the instant poll of the day. Jimmy Butler. Goats, where does that rank all time? Give me a call. one 844 rich So if you want to hit me up on Twitter, some of the tweets have been good. I appreciate the kind words. We can keep that going on social media. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs, like Chris Weber, without his bank account. And the good news for you is Rich is back tomorrow. The whole crew will be in the house. I know, even though I'm going to go in-depth, total team coverage as a solo performer coming up in the final hour of the program, not only covering the details of what happened between Tommy Pham of the Reds and Jock Peterson of the Giants on the business end of a slap from the member of the Reds who got a three-game suspension. We'll talk about the fantasy football kerfuffle. We'll expand the focus, though. One of those guys have been in the keeper league, right? Would somebody have wound up in the hospital? That's coming up in the final hour of the program. Just one more guest along the way. Roughly an hour from now, we will take advantage of the old-timey notion that Memorial Day is the quarter pole of the long and rugged 162-game regular season in baseball. So we're going to get terrific analysis from a reliable guest as well. Scott Miller, longtime baseball writer, now contributing to the New York Times. You hear him on Sirius XM Radio. I know Rich and the gang are going to have a good time with Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson tomorrow. So be sure to keep it where it is when Rich, Chris, Mike, and TJ are back in their palatial studios. I also know that nobody brings together sports and entertainment better than Rich Eisen. Rich, in many ways, and I'm not just sucking up because I think I have create a little niche as somebody willing to come in on Memorial Day. But as I mentioned in passing, I worked for a year at NFL Network. Rich was the founding on-air personality. He saw where the league was going in 2003 and joined them on day one. Plus, along the way, if you go back to his days on SportsCenter and we're listening closely, I first was aware of Rich when he was doing local TV in Reading, small market in Northern California. I think it was the only time I had a little more success. I was in San Francisco. I was, I was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I peaked about 25 years old on regional cable with no one watching. But Rich has always had the cultural touchstone. So if there's any show that I could spend two minutes on what happened yesterday, coming off my nine-day, yes, nine days, Mrs. Bueller, of calling French Open tennis at 2 o'clock in the morning here in Los Angeles. Don't tell the audience in tennis I wasn't there. I treated myself by going to the movies for the first time in a long time. And I am a movie aficionado. Now, in my early 50s, I'm trying to cut down on the popcorn because I wear it around my midsection. So when movies were not available due to the shutdown, a part of me was a little happy because I have a popcorn problem. I have been known to go into a theater if they let me buy a bucket and leave. I don't have to buy a ticket, but if I sweet talk the guy who's at the front of the theater, I said, just watch me. I'm just going to go buy my popcorn and leave. That's how much I love the theater experience. So I had not been back for a long time. 
Also, I'm cheap. Movies in Southern California are correlated to gas, so it won't tell you what I paid to check out Top Gun Maverick yesterday. I will tell you it was phenomenal. And the audience is never wrong. Giant numbers at the box office. But the reason I bring it up is if you think about, quote-unquote, sports connections to movies, and yes, I'm reaching here, but I'll pay it off hopefully in a couple minutes. Among the reasons why Top Gun, before this sequel, which was great, and the latest reminder that Indeed, Tom Cruise may be the last movie star left. He can open a movie. He, he's in that cockpit. When you look, that's not CGI, baby. And he doesn't need to put on a cape or pretend to be Aquaman. He's Maverick, after all. And he's up there trading barbs with bogeys. This time it's all about being instructor, trying to help the next generation of American talent. But Tom Cruise pushing 60. Guys, 59 looks phenomenal takes the shirt off one more time, an homage to the legendary volleyball scene. If we could play the music, I'll hum a couple bars, and we won't get the ASCAP violation, but the legendary Kenny Loggins playing with the boys in the background. So I'll give it 17 thumbs up on a scale of 10. Had a great time. But it got me thinking about, because there's that small sliver of a linkage to sports. Oh, here we go. Excellent production by the great Art Martinez, our technical production expertise guru. Not like we got here five hours early to rehearse. Art actually listening to the program. So with the volleyball scene in the original and a small sports moment in Maverick, I started thinking about sports movies. And it occurred to me, I had a moment of clarity. One of the greatest sports movies of all time, the original Major League. Let's go through that honor roll luminaries. Tom Berenger, Corbin Burson coming off his fame on L.A. Law with his receding hairline. Wesley Snipes, phenomenal cast. Hopefully you've seen it. Not the sequels, but the original, Willie Mays Hayes. Premise still holds up because we're seeing it in Major League Baseball. A widow. Inherits the old Cleveland Indians, the former Indians, now Guardians, from her deceased husband. She hates Cleveland. She hates the business of baseball. So she comes up with the plan to tank, to get out of the lease, and move to Florida to get a sweetheart deal. And, more important, hang out by a pool in West Palm. But you know those spunky, gutty Indians have other ideas, and I won't give away the ending. Aren't we seeing Major League right now? In Oakland, and the quick bio note again, not to be too repetitive, but I started my career, 1993, co-hosting an Oakland A's pregame television show on a regional sports network when I looked 14 and sounded 9 to 23. So I have a great deal of affection for the Oakland A's. In 2019, this franchise was averaging 20,000 fans. They are now dead last among all 30 clubs in Major League Baseball. You quite literally cannot give tickets away. And this is all part, in my opinion, of a deliberate effort by the team that has both feet out the door to come up with more of a justification to get approval to move to Las Vegas. Because the team can point out, well... We're not sustainable here. We have terrible attendance in Oakland. Why do you think that is? 
Because every year the A's somehow compete, and then in the offseason, they trade away their best players. This year, say goodbye to Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. And I know the A's have had good seasons over the last 15 years, but when you haven't won anything despite all the acclaim of Moneyball, and now you have a ragtag bunch of anonymous players in a pit of a stadium, how do you expect anybody to show up? And that really also points out, and we're going to talk more baseball, final hour of the program with Scott Miller of the New York Times. For all of the labor battling we saw in the lockout prior to the new CBA, and the owners saying, well, we need economic concessions from the players. You know what the owners have never done, even though they've had a myopic view of getting the salary cap? They've never come up with a salary floor mandating a threshold for teams to spend money. So you get the embarrassment in Oakland. You get Cincinnati, which is an absolute joke. How in the world did the Reds lose 22 of their first 25 games? I know they're, quote-unquote, a respectable 16-31 and 31 now, but that is a sports crime what is going on to a once-proud franchise. And now you factor in, this is the team that currently has Tommy Pham of fantasy football slapping fame on the roster. We will get into a story that's going to live forever coming up in this final hour of the program that's on the way. All the fallout from Fantasy Football Gate, plus back to the NBA Finals. Warriors against the Celtics. What is Kevin Durant thinking on this Memorial Day? Do you think he's having any regrets about walking away from a dynasty? I am Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. We're having a great time, as always, together here on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 